What is up, Husker Half Hour listeners, and welcome to week five. It's me, your host, Ben Herbel, alongside my brother Elijah. And today on the show, we look back at the Illinois game and check out some fan reactions during and after the game. And then we debate whether or not this Husker program is moving in the right direction. Let's do this thing. Let's start with this. If I were to tell you Team A had 363 rushing yards, Team B had 221 rushing yards, Team A had 32 first downs, Team B had 14 first downs. If I told you Team A had 690 total yards, Team B had 299 total yards. If Team A had 326 total passing yards. Team B had 78 total passing yards. And then finally, if Team A had 32 first downs and Team B had 14 first downs, what would you say the score of that game would be? Um, 42-38. Full <laughs> <laughs> crap. I'd say um, that obviously Team A was the dominant force, but I'd also ask you, how many turnovers were there in this game? Uh, for Team A, four turnovers. Team B, one turnover. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it'd be 42-38. Wow, Elijah. I'm not changing my prediction at all. You're what was the final score, Ben? Uh, 14. <laughs> all right. Obviously, we're talking about Nebraska and Illinois here. No, but Nebraska was a dominant team on Saturday night, aside from one little stat, unimportant Two turnovers. little stats. Let's get those penalties in there, too. 11 penalties on the Huskers. Yeah, um, and it was a bit of a regression in that point, but those refs were biased against us. Yeah, it seemed like it. Holy <laughs> smokes. Those, okay, you can't say that even because those refs were just horrible altogether. Yeah. Both sides. Yes. Um, I will say that Nebraska felt like it got into a rhythm towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I haven't felt since since last year. Even though the scoreline was close, that game gave me a surprising amount of hope to see us come out of it and get the win and to learn from our mistakes. How dare you say that, Elijah? People, people almost... I feel like they don't even want to have hope after that game. I feel like there's a lot of... Well, I feel like people just want to set themselves up for failure. They don't want to be disappointed. They don't want to have hope. Because hope is just what leads to to failure, you know? It's what leads to the the most crushing of lows. Mm. We can also tie in going into the game predictions that people were having. Us included, let us be the first people to admit that our predictions going into the game were incorrect. No. Yes. I mean, I said what thirty-eight ten. I said forty. I said forty-four to thirteen. We were pretty close on Nebraska score. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And granted, I it, think if, I think Illinois probably only would have scored fourteen to seventeen points if we hadn't turned the ball over. If you look at the stats that we started this segment with, I would have predicted a score similar to that: forty-four oh, thirteen. I would have said fifty-six to. 
thirteen, yeah, something like that. So our predictions from last week heading into the show, our Friday show, our Illinois pregame show, our predictions looked a lot like the stats turned out. Oh yes. We didn't get the scoreline even close to right. We got our yeah. MVPs all wrong. Yeah. Um, you said... you said uh, Offensive MVP, the two fumble boy, Diedrich Mills. <laughs> Woo! And then on defense, you said... I said um, DiCaprio Boodle. DiCaprio Boodle. Who Second led, week in a row. Who led up uh, that touchdown pass, which... Is that the second touchdown they had? Uh, the second touchdown. He didn't even turn his head. It was like a 25-yard touchdown really pass. Really not pretty. Um. Yeah, so... I said... I'll, I'll eat the humble pie on that one. I said... Who did I say? I said the Davis twins on defense, which was We gave up like 200-something yards of rushing. Yeah, the rushing wasn't great. No one on the D-line is going to get the MVP. And on offense, I said... I believe you said Wandale. Or uh, Mo. I think I did, yeah. Because you said Wandale two weeks ago. Yeah. And then you said Mo this week. And Mo was there for a half. Yeah. Maybe a quarter. A quarter. He he brought the spark. You should have said Wandale again, Ben. You you were debating that heavy on the show. I'm just a week ahead. I'm a week ahead. So that means this week I should say the Davis Twins. No, it means on this week we should say that Ohio State wins. Yeah. And we should say that there's no offensive and no no defensive MVPs. And that's the only way to win. Offensive MVP, Noah Vedral. Yeah. (laughs) I hope I'm 100% wrong on that. Defensive MVP, I'm going to go with... Hmm. Deontay Williams. (laughs) Perfect. Get him out of there, coach. We we get all the way down the line. We put we throw pads on Deontay. <laughs> yeah, throw him He's out on there. crutches. Honestly, doesn't matter. Well, Elijah, we're getting too far into our Ohio State preview. Yeah, those people were, gotta wait for Friday for that. And those were all fake predictions. Yeah, you'll get my re- real predictions on Friday. Yeah, you just wait, everyone. That was a little teaser. If you Ooh. are listening today and you also listen on Friday, I applaud you because I'm not doing the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start the week strong. Finish the week week. <laughs> Uh, so uh-huh. finished yeah. the week. Thank week. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was very poor. It was honestly just a mistake of what I said. So Elijah, I want to go back to something you said that I think was really profound after the Colorado game. Mm, I was angry. You were really angry, and you twice, said, twice. "I'm tired of hearing that we've got a lot to learn from this game, and I'm tired of hearing that Monday practice was really good. We started off the week on a good foot after that loss." You said, "Hey, can we learn from our mistakes? Can we get a game that?" That teaches us some things we need to work on, but also get a win. You were pretty upset. Can, can we get a win, learn from our mistakes, in a win? Yeah. I'm so tired of games. That, I mean, for the past, what, two years, it's always felt like, oh, we lost tonight. It was a close game, but there are some good lessons to be learned. I want to show a game where we show resilience and we get the win and we fight through our mistakes, and we freaking did it! I'm going to actually grab a soundbite from you saying that after Colorado. Oh, you want to throw it in right about now? I think we're all tired of like what you just said, like showing up on Monday and being like, oh, perfect. Now I'm going to get my hopes up again. Or like, oh, good to hear that we're doing well again. Cause, uh, I'm like, tired of leaving a game and going, well, that was a good learning experience. Yeah. We lost, but it's a good learning experience. Yeah. Can we get some learning experiences that are wins, please? Yeah. I mean, we had a learning experience against South Alabama, which you don't want a learning experience against South Alabama. Mm-hmm. You want to go have a warm-up game against South Alabama. Yeah. Then you want to come out against Colorado, learn a couple things. They'll test you late. Mm-hmm. You still pull out the win, you know, 28-10. That, that's what I want our learning experience to be. I don't want our learning experience to be, well, we blew another game in the fourth quarter, and for the sixth consecutive time that Nebraska's played in overtime, we haven't scored any points. Wow, Elijah, that was good stuff. That was predictive. Yes. This guy, the top Husker predictive reporter in all of Lincoln, Nebraska. I might, I, I might throw that on Twitter. You should do it. You should mm-hmm. make that your bio. I just can't wait till this game against Ohio State whenever we lose and learn a lot of learning Stop! lessons. Stop! <laughs> you could have said anything at this moment. You could have said anything. You could have... You could have predicted a wild score, and it would have come true because of the juju going on in this room right now. Thanks a lot. 
you did hear our predictions from last week, correct? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that means that the opposite will come true. So we're perfect. It'll be great. I feel like our predictions aren't going to affect how this game goes one bit. You would be correct. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so we freaking did it. We did it. Good, good job, Nebraska. We di- we did it. You and I, Elijah. It was we all did us. That we will. The best Husker half-hour podcast known to man. Let me tell you, I think I contributed to this game, if anything, just by the amount that I clenched my butt cheeks every single time we had a kickoff, trying to send it into the end zone. I was trying to send as much energy into the end zone, and it didn't work. Into the leg of Isaac Armstrong. Well, do you think his name could be the problem there? Armstrong? Mm. Piss. Yeah, he's got to change that. Yeah, why doesn't he just like throw the ball? He He should legally go change his name. To leg strong. To leg strong. He'd be the most like made fun of person in America. That would be so fitting, though. I mean, it'd be more like leg average with a good roll. <laughs> <laughs> he can hyphenate that. Yeah, yeah. leg average with a good roll. Yeah. Well, leg average could be his middle name, and then with a good roll would be his last name. I there think. it is. There Isaac, is. leg average with a good roll. Yeah, perfect. That's what it's like. That's meta, a, that's it's like meta world, meta world piece. He he has those punts where the part turner goes like, "Oh, stay away from it. It's short," and then it happens to roll twenty yards, and all the Husker fans are cheering it on as the wind blows yeah. it, and God blo- Himself blows yeah. it. Yeah. A real Chad Ochocinco moment of changing your name to. Oh, fit what you're I doing. thought you were talking about God blowing oh, a football on the no, field. No, 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 like, no, no, sorry. Are you comparing Chad Ochocinco to God? <laughs> so sorry, we regress. Uh, let's go back. Oh, we we digress. digress. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me say ben this whole podcast has been a regress today <laughs> that was me trying to be really cool with my vocab um i, I the look t- the look i just gave ben i wish you guys could we see digress. it we digress we digress it was a look mixed of uh confusion we are and regressing. also disbelief we go back to the point elijah that we got through this game we got some stuff to work on and we somehow Squeaked out that win. Statistically, there's we should not have won that game with giving up the ball that many times. Mm-hmm. And we beat the odds. And now we have a, a W on the score sheet. We have things we can work on. And the number five team in the country coming to our place this weekend. It's all looking up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about that, Elijah. Let's talk about some things in this game that... Um, let's maybe compare the good and the bad here from, from the Illinois game. The good... We got better as the game went on. I saw development within that team throughout the game. That team came out and they got popped in the mouth early. Mm-hmm. Illinois was hitting hard. Nebraska wasn't expecting. They haven't played a team that's hit that hard this year. Illinois came around and was flying around. Our guys showed toughness to even get up off the field sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they showed toughness to weather that storm. Almost 100 offensive plays. Mm-hmm. They just absolutely got that defense exhausted. Um, the the uh, Adrian Martinez said that they could see it in the defense's eyes they could look at the defense and see it in their eyes that they weren't in that game anymore. How cool is that? Yeah, it's so sick. Inject that right into my veins, You know dude. what I – the story of, of that for me is Lamar Jackson post the interception. Do you notice the, the Husker defensive reaction whenever Cam Taylor Britt picked off that pass? I did not know. Inform me. They walked off the field. Wait, you tell me Lamar Jackson didn't go celebrate in the Illinois bench? Yeah. Precisely. Oh, it wasn't Illinois. What game was that? Where you went celebrating the bench? <laughs> no, I. It was. It was the game before Wisconsin. And he we lost. was. He was quickly benched. Purdue is the Purdue, Purdue game. Purdue. We were down, and he's. We had an interception, and 
it? No, it was just it just a good tackle. Is that what it was? It was picked off. It was picked off, and he went and celebrated. He went and celebrated in front of the Purdue bench, got himself a 15-yard penalty, uh-huh. and a uh, swift kick to the bench. Yep, exactly. So I think the maturity of the defense is we were down 14 points. We had an interception. Uh, the defense stood up. There were some high fives, a chest bump, and off the field. Um, and I think that swagger, that attitude – was what led Nebraska to winning. And how about the maturity of the offense? You say the maturity of the defense, mm-hmm. the maturity of the team all around. Mm-hmm. The offense weathered some rough moments in the first half where they struggled to find a rhythm. They were getting popped around a little bit. Adrian Martinez had 18 rushing yards. And he he had a bad game offensively. He reached a point where I said, if things don't get better halfway through the third quarter, maybe it's time for Vedral to come in. It was looking rough, even just as we kept seeing Mo Washington limp off the field. It felt um, like Mo Washington was the only person in the offense who cared. Yeah. Well, and I, I, it was wrong to get that feeling, but as I watched the game, as Mo Washington's dealing with an injury, he keeps on trucking out there every single drive, making a cut, getting a 15-yard run, giving our offense some life, and it felt like nobody else even cared. Mm. And then he goes off the field, and I think everyone looks around and goes, all right, who's going to step up? And it was Adrian Martinez, and it was Wandale Robinson. J.D. Spielman. And J.D. Spielman, wouldn't you say J.D.? J.D. Spielman stepped up consistently throughout the game. Yeah, J.D. Spielman made some tough catches. He wasn't. He didn't bring the spark that Adrian and Wandale brought, I don't think. Yeah. That, that we could agree, disagree. Uh, I think he was a consistent force. He took some hits. He had 170 he, yards of reception. He led by example. I don't think he was a spark, though. Hmm. There wasn't like a little little something there that led the... I, I think the team fed off the energy of Adrian and Wandale more than they fed off the energy of J.D. Spielman. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Um, I think the offensive line, too, stepped up. In the second half, continued oh, yeah. to, to wear down the Illinois defense. Scott Frost said that as they came off the field, the players came off the field telling him that the defense was tired, the Illinois defense was tired. I think the offensive line pushed through that. Uh, looking back on the, the game, there were some, some great blocking schemes. I think we executed some blocks really well. Those Wildcat direct snaps, uh-huh. um, they were running like a power, pulling the guard and tackle, um, and the blocking scheme on that was awesome. I yes. think you could see like helmets – uh, hats, hats on hats, and the line was really executed. Hats on hats. Well. They they fit up their blocks and they they dominated the line of a line of uh, scrimmage late in that game, especially whenever Wandale Robinson can get through the line, get five yards easily, lower his shoulder, and get seven eight yards. You're doing a good thing offensively. He's an 180 something pound guy. So if, if that offensive line can clear enough space for him to get through, hit his hole quickly, find the right hole, and he gets seven eight yards a pop, you're doing good things right on offense, especially against an Illinois team that really. Uh, stifled you in the first half, but they were really causing you some fits in that first half. I also want to talk about fan reaction. In the middle of the game, I'm going to I'm gonna brag on myself here. I was on the Reddit game thread, and I felt like there was a lot of negativity throughout the game. Um, well, welcome to being a fan of any team. <laughs> yeah, on, on any sort of thread. While the game's happening, we're not playing well. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but there was so much just everyone freaking out the entire game. I'm sure Twitter was the exact same um, throughout the game. People in shock that we were down to Illinois after expecting to come into the game and really dominate. Um, but we were only ever down 14 points, mm-hmm. which I think was pretty fascinating that we continued through that game. We we didn't let it slip and become <laughs> a snowballing effect to how many points they were scoring. Mm-hmm. We kept it within 14. Like I never felt, I never felt panicky. But as as the game continued on, it felt disturbing I don't know. the only time i really felt nervous and i felt like we didn't still have a shot was 14 nothing right away mm-hmm. they get the big run uh we get the ball back we turn it over they get a touchdown it's 14 nothing less than five minutes into the game and i go oh yeah. it's same old same old nebraska 
But then we respond well. The offense drives it down the field. Mo Washington has that awesome cut. Uh, where there's the play he got hurt on actually where he's going up field and he cuts out and somehow it goes backwards on his cut mm-hmm. and the guy's completely juked out of his shoes and he gets about 30 35 yards and then limps off which that was bad but hopefully he's ready for this week but if he's not if he is concussion it's fine but then we, we get down there and i go oh what's going on because adrian handed off on like the five yard line whenever he had to clear lane the end he go what are you doing and then we come back on the same play but this time jack stole leaks out and he hits him with a little sidearm pass we score a touchdown i go Okay, I trust Scott Frost. I, I I trust this team here. I need to take a chill pill and trust the process mm-hmm. because it's a long game. At that point, we were seven minutes into the game, something like that. It's a long game, and I, I think Nebraska fans were very reactionary for only being a half of football. It was such a long game. Just continually feeling like in the third quarter, like, wow, this game feels a lot longer than – we've got a lot of game clock left, and we're I, only down two scores. I remember looking at the clock, and it's – past 10 o'clock the game's going for three hours and we're just starting the fourth quarter and i go whew holy cow yeah i mean we didn't start uh the post game show on espn until about 11 o'clock. 11 yeah um four hours after kickoff and that, that thing's supposed to go live just about right after the uh the game ends so i felt that sense i think there for illinois first score in the third quarter just because of the way nebraska's been playing in the third quarter this year i think i felt a little overwhelmed at that point like we weren't gonna be able to do it and then we came out and did what a Nebraska team hasn't done under, under Scott Frost, especially a way, which is find a way to keep pushing through the third and fourth. Last week, they showed find, up, find a way to win despite the circumstances. Right. That's it. Because last week, they showed that they could play through the third and fourth. Mm-hmm. This week, they showed that even though we were down, we didn't. We, we had some unlucky things happen. Um, a couple turnovers. We fought through the adversity. We fought through the tough times. Yeah. And we got a win out of it. Which is what you can't coach. I think you can coach to some degree ball security i think you can coach to some degree uh being more clean less holding calls things like that I, you can't necessarily coach how players react you can't control, you can't coach heart you can't control how players react to adversity yeah you can't control heart you can't coach heart it's naturally within somebody which gives me hope after this game going I don't want to, again, I don't want to talk too much about going into Ohio State or the rest of the season, but in terms of this game being a step forward for Nebraska rather as a than program. a step back, as a program. Don't, don't think about as a step in this season. This season is still a development season. I mean, seven and five, eight and four, nine and three, whatever happens, this season's still about development. And to see a team get some adversity on the road wasn't the toughest road environment, but it's still on the road whenever we haven't won a road game in eight games. It shows a lot about a team and the development of a program and who's at the helm to see that they can go and battle through that adversity on the road and go get a win despite their circumstances. Elijah, let's move on and talk about the fan reactions post-game. How have you felt like on social media, um, people you've been talking to, how have people been responding after the game? Do you feel like those reactions are warranted, unwarranted? I feel like it's a lot of people who didn't watch the game that in-depthly. They, they look at the final scoreline and they go, 42-38? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? This is Illinois. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't watch how hard Illinois was hitting in the first half. They didn't see the scheme Illinois had for us. And they, they saw the first half from our team. And they go, what's wrong with this team? We took a step back from last year. We're barely winning this game. We're supposed to be so much better this year. We got better players. Mm-hmm. And we don't even look as good as last year. People are so reactionary. Whenever you don't know, I mean, you can't have four turnovers in a game with two of them within your own 30-yard line and expect to win. But we went out there and, and got to win because we set them up for 14 points, essentially. 
and we still we still ba- so battle through. Whenever you the turn over, how many of those were there? Three of them. Three of those fumbles were within our own forty yard line. Uh, two of them within our own thirty. Three of them on our own half of the field. I think that's part of the reason why that kind of reaction just makes me so immediately think of watching the game with a big room of people who don't really understand what's happening and people reacting throughout that game upset and freaked out because of what was going on instead of like trusting the process, trusting the team, um, trusting the coaching staff, trusting the play calling, um, trusting those guys out there. And I feel like, yeah, exactly what you were saying. People after the game, not really looking at the stats, not really people who didn't actually watch play for play, like in depth and to see what was going on. People who like watch the ball, people who react absurdly to one little mistake or one little 690 yards of total offense Mm -hmm. is our most total offense in a road game since Kansas state in 2007. Think about that. We have to go back to the Bill Callahan pass happy West Coast offense. He had 690 yards of offense in a game on the road against a terrible K-State team that year. These are the same fans who over critique Adrian Martinez and try to say that he's not the quarterback for us. That this year has been a big step back for Adrian Martinez. Adrian looks slower this year. Yeah, Adrian looks slower. He looks sloppy. He Adrian doesn't look slower this year. He looks a little hesitant this year. He looks like the teams are game planning for him which is what you're going to do whenever you have a great freshman season. Teams are going to come in and go, okay, we need a key on number two. Mm-hmm. He's probably that best player on that offense. They're going to key against you, and he looks a little hesitant because he's not ready for it. Most but, definitely, you can you could see a difference in half number two for Adrian, half number one for Adrian. Yes. In the entire difference I saw, it wasn't mechanics. It wasn't scheme. It was confidence. Right, exactly. That's all it was. Exactly. And with when the media comes out after your first game and says, Adrian, you didn't live up to expectations in game one. How you do? How you doing? What happened out there? Yeah, it's you're setting him up for failure as a 19 year old. Did he just turn 20? I think he's still 19. He's a young kid. He's got a lot of expectations on his shoulders. You got to give him time to find some confidence. I think he found confidence in that Illinois game, and now we come Ohio State coming to town this Saturday. Let's go. That the Scott Frost post game interview, perhaps one of my favorite post game interviews. Of, of this season, definitely, it's maybe my, of all time. Yes. He almost started crying. It's Did my favorite that? Scott Frost interview since the introductory press conference. Yeah, beautiful. He he almost he teared up. He he teared up when talking about uh, the heart that Adrian and Wandale brought to that team. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, man, we've got a special guy out there. Like, started tearing up. The passion he has for his players, and also knowing, like, he talked about the whispers for Adrian Martinez that he'd been hearing. He talked the whispers for his play calling. His whispers for his play. He calling. called out the media. He said, "Um, I, I heard." You know, I don't really listen to the media, but I heard whispers of people, um, well, not people, you guys in the media, saying some stuff about my play calling, saying maybe it wasn't good enough. And uh, he, he was sending a message after the game in the post-game press conference to, to all the media members in that room saying, you don't like my play calling? How about that? Yeah, I love the heart. I love I love how much he puts behind backing up his players and continuing to play those guys. Admit it, a lot of Nebraska fans, we were talking about putting Vedral in somewhere in the second quarter and seeing that all over social media too. And so um, speaking of reactions, I think the fans that are react overreacting to the Nebraska team overall saying we're taking a step back this year, are the same people who are nitpicking players and fans who really don't have any grasp of how these players play and the ability of these players. You know what I saw in that team on Saturday? I saw a team with, Desire to excel with no fear of failure. That team was never scared of failure when they went out there. Yeah. 
they played with heart. Um, whenever Diedrich Mills fumbled twice, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a get your ass on the bench, you're done for today. It's go out there, run the ball some more. Wandale's having a good day. We're going to ride him. But whenever we need you third and short, we need you out there. Go have desire to excel with no fear of failure. still scored two touchdowns. Still scored two touchdowns. He had two fumbles. But you know what he did? Is he came into the press conferences today with a football in his hand. And he said, everywhere I go, this football is going with me. He said, this isn't Scott Frost's idea. This isn't one of my coaches' idea. This is my idea. I need to work on my ball security. He's not fearing failure. He's wanting to excel. Yeah. There's a difference. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps, dude. Like, legitimately. This team's culture is different. Yeah. And that, that culture shift brought college game to this weekend. And that's where going forward into this season, that's what gives me that was hope. The worst thing. I'm sorry. I, that sound was awful. No, that's okay. That's, I'm sure if nobody listened that, was, that far. No, that was real. That was a real thing. That was a real, that was a real gut reaction or a real gut instinct. Uh, that's why going forward into this season, um, man, I'm just so excited for this team. And whenever you throw us into Ohio State, the attitude these guys are going to be playing with, even if we're outskilled, even if we're out out coached, even if we're, uh, whatever it is that we're out whatever, I know that these guys are going to be on the field playing with their hearts out there. I want it to be a Vegas prop bet. It's how many times Scott Frost says desire to excel with no fear of failure in his pregame speech. I want to get somebody to go bug the locker room <laughs> and to get that, that Vegas prop for me. Because the, the over-under, I'd set it at two and a half. That he says desire to excel with no fear of failure. It's number five team in the... Uh, the country come into your house. Joe Klatt rated him as rated them as his number one team in the country. Ohio State's a good team; they're better than they were last year. But Nebraska's a good team, even if fans say they aren't, and they're better than last year too. Yeah. So let's clean up those mistakes. Let's. Uh, it's kind of like our keep, podcast. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Let's clean, let's clean up the mistakes. Let's keep moving <laughs> forward. Desire to excel with no, no fear, fear of failure. failure. Yeah. <laughs> precisely. Uh, Elijah, I want to finish today. I think in the speaking of all this we're talking about, there's a great quote that Stephen Simple wrote uh, in the Sunday paper talking about this, talking about the the game and going forward into this week. He kind of finished his article off with this, and I thought it was uh, really eloquent and really summed up how I felt about this game. So, pull up my paper here. Is that a Glenn Beck move? Is that what he does where he like shuffles the paper whenever he's about? To, no, who is that's Rush Limbaugh. He shuffles the paper. Yeah, whenever he's about to read something, he shuffles the paper. So the mic hears it. Sound like really cool. To like make he, it sound like ah, oh, actually, my paper. I, I have my papers. You here. can hear it. So he just like shakes it there. One more time. That's an actual paper. An yeah, actual this newspaper. This is a real newspaper. I still read these things because I'm not about to pay for that digital digital subscription whenever I can find free papers on campus. Um. So, uh, Sipple here is to set this up. He's talking about all the strengths of Ohio state. He says, Ohio state's coming to Lincoln. Uh, he's bringing JK Dobbins. He's bringing per- potentially a first round draft pick in chase young. Um, they're bringing all of this to Lincoln to game day. And Sipple says this is Nebraska ready for all that. If you're a Husker fan, maybe you should worry about it later. Maybe just enjoy this W maybe forget about style points. Frost program isn't advanced enough to worry about style points. Forget style points. Frost program took a step forward by basically refusing to lose. In the end, that alone gives Nebraska players something to pound their chests about. So Nebraska refuses. To, yeah, let's just set, let that sit for a second. Uh, I love that. Um, so I love what he says here that Nebraska, the Frost program took a step forward by, by basically refusing to lose. Uh, eight wins or eight wins. Eight games on the road before this, we couldn't win. 
Uh, we were down. We had bad things happen. We shot ourselves in the foot Northwestern last year. Um, Ohio State, we couldn't finish out that game on the road. Um, all these instances in this game against Illinois, we refused to lose. And uh, that is such like a, an action, refusing to lose. The team out there, Adrian Martinez described it as the players being steely-eyed. Mm-hmm. We were out there. We, were gonna, we, we weren't going to lose, no matter what it took. And I think he, St- Sip also says that it was a step forward. Yes. That our program didn't take a step back this game. Uh, maybe it wasn't what we were expecting. Maybe it wasn't the quote-unquote like statement game that we wanted of just pounding Illinois. Uh, it wasn't a step forward in making a statement, but it was a step forward in terms of fighting through adversity, which is something that these teams haven't done in a very long time. I'm going to give you guys a parting thought, and it's a bit of a hot take. But I think a close win on the road at Illinois, despite however disappointing it is, would mean more for this Husker program than winning at home with College Game Day in town against Ohio State. In a national level, people are going to see the Ohio State win if that were to happen, mm-hmm. all hypothetical. People would see that and go, wow, Nebraska's back. But as a Nebraska fan... I look at a game at Illinois where the fans are against you. It's a, a road environment. Things aren't going your way. It's a tough place to go in. I mean, it's Illinois, but you know what I'm saying. It's never easy to go win on the road. And they fought through adversity in the first half, came back and won. I think that means more than one of those big games where all the fans are going to be crowded in. Might set an attendance record. going to be a crazy huge game. College game days there. Everyone's hyped for it. I think a win on the road at Illinois in a close game to fight through adversity would mean more. Yeah, a team that has shown how much it's grown since a couple yes. weeks ago at Colorado. Yes, a team that has grown since then and will continue to grow through this year. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to leave you with today. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for Wednesday. We're going to be giving you here a preview of College Game Day, and then Friday we're going to hit you with the preview of the Ohio State game. Uh, make sure to like and comment, subscribe, whatever you want to do, and whatever podcast. Uh, hosting service you use. Thank you. I'm Elijah. I'm Ben. See you next time. Bye-bye.